To avoid feigning, keep repeating. It's only a podcast. Only a podcast. Only a podcast. Howdy, y'all. This is The Lost Man, and I welcome you to the Midnight Manor podcast. Joining me on this podcast is my partner, Lady Winters. How are you today, Lady Winters? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Well, that's good to hear. All right. Now, this podcast that we're doing is going to be um, a fun one. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about horror, basically all, all types of horror, horror movies, books, whatever gets us spooky, things that excite us. But it's going to be a fun podcast and it's going to be something that I hope takes off. And if it doesn't, it'll just be a fun way to interact with other fans. So with that started, I'm going to go into some of the backgrounds of what got us into horror. So I'm going to introduce my podcast partner, Lady Winters. Lady Winters, what got you into horror? You know, um, like I've mentioned in the past, it was my mom, actually. So like when I was a kid growing up, you know, we'd sit there and watch like the old uh, Vincent Price movies and like House on Haunted Hill and things like that. And, you know, and watching in the evening, like Tales from the Dark Side, The Twilight Zone. I mean, my favorite, like Night Gallery, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, you know. So I kind of got started off young but like with the old stuff you know and and I'm not gonna lie I mean I also grew up watching the Munsters and Adam's family so that kind of you know did it for me as well oh Night Gallery was awesome I mean Rod Serling was just perfect you know just the way he could like I mean even without throwing flair or theatrics the man could just get you in the right spirit of things I mean whether it was spooky or great the guy was a master I, I know for me, what got me into horror was uh, my sisters. Uh, I have two sisters that are basically seven and eight years older than me. And I was a little kid during the early 1980s. So we got to go to drive-in theaters and watch some really awesome uh, movies, like uh, some of the early slasher movies, like uh, Prom Night and uh, My Bloody Valentine. I mean, that was just awesome. And they were practically releasing these movies every weekend. So there was always something to look forward to. I, I remember when we first got our VCR, it was just this amazing little device. And it gave us the opportunity to go to video stores and rent movies. And what I really enjoyed most was going to the horror section, the sci-fi section, and just looking to see what was out there. And I don't know about you, but the cover art, like an album cover, a cover art is what grabbed you. And when you saw that right movie and you looked at it, you read the description, you said, I'm taking this home. That was an experience that a lot of people today don't get to experience with uh, streaming horror movies because there's so many movies out there, but you miss out on that experience of holding the physical media. Absolutely. You know, it had to be like the, um, the smaller ones that were like privately owned or like just like the mom and pop video stores. You know, it was just something about just walking in and then, just touching and feeling the movies and just being excited was that movie that, you know, that you're waiting for like all week or all month. Was it going to be there? You know, it was just so much fun. And, you know, I, my memories of this certain video store where I grew up, you know, was the old full moon movies. You know, I grew up on that. So. Yeah. Full moon videos are very popular, especially in the eighties that Charles band was such a great, you know, producer director and getting those movies even though most of them were low budget movies they were fun i mean like doll man and puppet master and trancers they were so great now you mentioned um full moon video have you ever met charles ben yeah i have actually <laughs> and it was you know kind of strange a little 
weird, but yeah, I met him. Oh, tell me the story. Sounds like a fun one. Absolutely. But you know, um, how I met Charles Band, it wasn't me seeking him out. It was actually by accident. Um, so the full moon, um, stand was there at Texas Frightmare and I was in search for a little action figure of, um, pet shop and pet shop is like this little children's like kind of movie with, um, it's like full moon, but it's the full beam, you know, for like children from the full moon productions, you know, I don't know if some people are aware of that, but, um, so anyhow, I went to the stand and there's a guy, you know, working in, I was like, Hey, um, I see that you have like puppet master. Do you have any like pet shop? He's like, he's like, no, we don't have any right now. I said, do you know in the future if you're going to, you know, produce any, he's like, mm, I don't know, but you might want to ask him. And, you know, it was Charles Van. And so I walked, you know, I walked towards him. I said, excuse me. He goes, oh, oh, give me a minute. I'll be right back. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, okay. So he's having this conversation with this gentleman and, you know, maybe like five minutes go by. And so I'm just letting them finish up their conversation because I was only there to ask for my little vampire, are there going to be any pet shop figures made soon, you know, or in the future? And so anyhow, he kind of sees, you know, he starts looking at me, you know, and he goes, um, excuse me. You know, and he's still having this conversation with this guy. He goes, are you solicitating? And I, I said, what? He said, no. I said, um, I'm actually here to ask you a question because I was sent by the gentleman at the stand because he couldn't answer my question. He suggested that I come speak to you. He goes, okay. And so I said, my question is for, you know, my daughter. I said, I'm just curious if you're going to ever make any pet shop figures because, you know, like you have like puppet master, you know, I was just curious, you know? And so he, you know, he said, as of right now, like, no, you know, and then the conversation, you know, it, it smoothed out and, you know, and it went really well, but I wasn't really there to carry a conversation with him. I just wanted to ask a question. But then after I saw that, you know, um, he was, you know, a nice person. Then that's when I thanked him for, you know, the memories of the movies when I was a kid, you know, going to the local video store and looking for the puppet master movies. So, you know, but other than that, you know, it was kind of weird, but, but after talking to him, you know, I, I realized that he was like, an, he was nice, you know. Now, one of the things that uh, we're going to be looking forward to in the next few weeks is we're going to be attending some conventions. Now, the first convention that's going to be coming up is going to be the Cult Classic Convention in Bastrop, Texas. When I attended the Cult Classic the last time, what I found unique about it was that I see it as a boutique event. It's not a large event. You don't have the grandiose scale of a Texas Frightmare. But what you do have is more intimacy. You can actually talk to the celebrities longer. You're not waiting in line an hour for an autograph. And when you do talk to them, you can sit there and talk to them for five minutes, ten minutes, you know, as long as there's nobody else around, you know, and it's just, you, you get a really intimate feel for the, for the, for your experience and you get to share some fun stories with them. And it's, it, I, I remember last year when I went, I got to have a great conversation with Edwin O'Neill, who was in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre and he had the best stories. So I know it's going to be great next month when we go there because there's going to be some great people to talk to and they will have some good vendors. I know you're going to enjoy the vendor experience. Most definitely. I mean, for me, you know, it's all about the vendors and seeing people part of the horror community just out there. It, it's so much fun. The energy's fun and everyone's super friendly. And I mean, if you could just, you could just get out to some of these conventions, I would say just 
go out there. I mean, I always enjoy it each time I attend. What about you? I started attending these events a couple of years ago, mainly because I wanted to seek out some of the horror movie stars and get to meet some people who are also interested in horror. I've also volunteered at some events, and I really enjoy the experience of working with people who enjoy movies and horror films and other genre films. Plus, you get to meet some great vendors, and after you attend a number of them, you get to recognize many of the people who attend many of these events, especially the some of the more unique vendors, like the t-shirt people, the artists, and other personalities. The other thing I enjoy is seeing the cosplay. I mean, some of the costumes I have seen are just so amazing. I mean, there's elaborate. There was one gentleman in particular who uh, dresses up as Thor. Now, he explained that he bought his costume uh, from China, but when he got it, it wasn't to his uh, satisfaction. So he went to a uh, professional leathersmith uh, in downtown and gave the costume to that individual, and they were able to craft a completely new costume for him out of genuine leather. So now his costume is about as genuine as it gets, and is pretty impressive. If you ever see him, he's this like six and a half foot tall guy, dresses up as Thor. I know I've seen him at three or four events, so he's a pretty, pretty good guy to meet. So that's one of the things I really do enjoy about these events. So Lady Winters, is there an actress that you met at a uh, convention that you really appreciated meeting? Well, you know, I did meet uh, Dean Wallace. I mean, she's super sweet, like really, really nice. Um, like she's the kind of person that when she's in a room, her smile lights up the room and she is truly, truly genuine. And, you know, she's one of those people that you meet and that they feel warm and with her I mean, just a precious person. Super sweet. Yeah. Now, I know I've met uh, Dee Wallace myself. It was about a year and a half ago. And it was kind of a funny circumstance. I was at a convention in San Antonio, and they had a lot of people, like about 40 guests. So realistically, it was a matter of, uh, well, you can meet a couple of people. And it was like Frightmare, a lot of people, but in a much bigger space. And as we were leaving, I saw Dee Wallace's booth. I thought, whoa, that's Dee Wallace. I didn't even know she was here. So I, so I went up to her booth and I um, checked her, you know, the prices on uh, on the um, autographs and uh, selfies. It was like $40 for, for, for the two. And I thought, oh, wow. Well, I went up to her. I said hi to her. And I, I took a great photo with her. We talked about E.T. We talked about some of her horror movies. But more importantly, yeah, I got to see how warm and friendly she was. I mean, she genuinely. She's so sweet. She, yes. She genuinely enjoyed being there. And the people around her, her, her handlers, we're like so excited to be there. I mean, they were, if anything, I had fun with them trying to figure out what picture I was going to get signed because she had like about 15 or 20 pictures that she could have signed. So I, I picked one with um, her and the two children from E.T. because I figure if I ever meet Henry Thomas or Drew Barrymore, that would be great to sign. Right. And, you know, an actor that I did meet because, you know, my, my oldest son um, is a huge fan of him was uh, Michael Berryman. And he's so nice. So nice. Yes, Michael Berryman's going to be at the Cult Classic Convention, and I am really looking forward to him because I have met, or I've talked to a number of people who've said he's one of the friendliest people you ever meet. He's so excited to be around fans, talking about his movies. And, I mean, everything about him just says, you know what, come up to me, talk to me. I'm going to make it a fun time. So he's one of the people I'm really looking forward to meeting at Cult Classic. Did I ever tell you one of my favorite movies with him in it? 
Oh, no, not at all. It's also with Karen Black. It's Evil Spirits. I love that movie. You know, a lot of people, they know know it or they don't know it. You know, kind of like popcorn, you either seen it or you haven't seen it. You just heard of it. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, but like Evil Spirits, um, it was just a fun, weird kind of a comedy horror movie. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my first um, impression, or, or the first time I ever saw Michael Berryman was in the movie Weird Science, mm-hmm. strangely enough, because there's the scene where uh, they have the Warriors of the Apocalypse crash the party, and he was one of the uh, Mad Max-like villains because he had that crazy look to him, but it was so funny, and I, I loved the closing line he said as they were leaving, um, I really hope we can keep this to ourselves. I, I'd really hate to lose my teaching job. I mean, that to me said, <laughs> this guy's funny. You look at his uh, movies that he's been in, like The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. And there's just so many great movies he's appeared in because you notice him. You say, hey, that's Michael Berryman. And I definitely look forward to um, meeting him because, you know, he's a great actor. And I've got a beautiful steelbook copy of The Hills Have Eyes that I'm going to have him autograph or take a picture with because that that definitely will be a great photo, you know, to hold on to. As we're uh, discussing these podcasts, one of the things we're going to do is talk about, you know, things other than movies, you know, books. And I know one of the things that uh, Lady Winters uh, talked to me about, and one of the reasons why we talked about starting this podcast, was to discuss issues like, or, or, or discuss topics like ghost stories and ghostly experiences and i know that um, lady winters has an interesting ghost story that if she wouldn't mind discussing that would be a fun little thing to talk about so that way our future fans can uh, hear and think wow that's a great story do you have a great story to tell lady winters well yeah you know kind of uh well there was a couple of weird things that happened but the one that kind of stands out was when i was up in oklahoma uh, you know during the time you know, the guy that I was married to, we were separated and we were trying to patch things up and whatnot, you know, and he was stationed at the Tinker Air Force Base up in Oklahoma City. And so anyhow, I went up there to go visit him and he had a townhouse during this time. And it was the weekend and I was, you know, went up there to spend the weekend with him because we were going to, you know, work things out. And during this particular time, the base, they were put on like these weird hours, you know, um, it was like a 12 hour shift or something like that. And so to make a long story short, so the bedroom was upstairs of the townhouse and he, you know, apparently, you know, he was on duty. He was at work, you know, I was dead asleep and my uh, back was actually facing like the door. Well, in the middle of the night, you know, I just hear like footsteps coming up the stairs and I'm just too tired, you know, just to turn around. I'm just still laying there. I hear the door open, I hear him come in. I just hear like the weight of like when a person's taken off, like, like, you know, their like uniform and all their duty stuff that's on them. And I felt, you know, the weight of the bed go down and him, the sound of him taking off his combat boots, you know, I felt the blankets go up, a person like adjusting their body, you know, on the bed. And then I'm still facing what I thought was him, my back is. And then, you know, I kind of reach over to saying, oh, hey, you know. And when I put my hand down, that bed was empty. So let me tell you something. I mean, I jumped right up and I put on every light in that townhouse. I ran down them stairs. I mean, all the lights were on. I even 
almost just got in the car and took off. I mean, I was that scared. And I just stayed up, you know, when I told him what happened whenever he came back. But, I mean, I was alone. And, you know, I've told that story before. And people are like, are you sure you wanted to sleep? I was like, no. I was, you know, I woke up to him, a person, coming up the stairs. I mean, you know, that's something that you just don't, like, mistake, you know. Like, if you hear a weird noise at night, like, you know, you wake up. Like, I was awake. I wasn't asleep. But anyhow, yeah. (laughs) I'm not crazy. (laughs) I can tell you about some fun little events or or things that occurred in uh, my hometown. I remember... uh, as a kid, I was uh, reading a magazine, and it was discussing, like, urban legend stories in San Antonio, which is my hometown. And there was this uh, nightclub that uh, isn't too far from where my parents' house used to be. It um, it was uh, a story that uh, was told, and kind of an urban legend type story, but it's an interesting one. Basically, there was this dance hall, and every, you know, Friday, Saturday night, there would always be, you know, music. It was kind of like a little bit Tejano, a little bit Mexican, and you would get people out there, but this was in the, like in the mid-70s, so of course they started using a little disco as well. So you would get, you know, the women would go out there, men would go out there, and uh, this one woman, she went with some of her friends, and she was, like, taken by this guy who was so handsome. So he offered to dance with her, so she started dancing with him, and everything was, like, magical, the music, the spirit in the air, and all of a sudden... She st- everyone stopped, stopped talking. Like, it got quiet. She looked down, and she noticed that the man did not have feet. He had chicken feet. So, of course, her reaction was to scream because, oh, my God, El Diablo, El Diablo. And next thing you know, the man runs off into the bathroom, you know, and now this was a bathroom that didn't have any windows that you could escape from. So a couple of men went in there to confront this man, and all they saw or all they encountered was the wisp of sulfur in the air. And all it, it, all the women were praying, all the men were praying, because, like, El Diablo, El Diablo. See, and as a kid, when I read that story, I thought, oh, this is just silly. But growing up, people would tell this story. And there, I, I could go right now in my car and within 10 minutes drive past this place and think, oh, that's where that creepy story occurred. But, see, that's what I love about these kind of um, stories and events, you know. Whether they're true or not, they're fun to hear, because they just go into that fear that we all have of, of the unknown and just that notion of you're out, you're in about, and something creepy can happen and it sticks with you. See, and that's one of the things that I definitely want to explore with this podcast is, you know, movies, stories, books, things that get you excited, you know, things that, 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 that keep you up at night. But, um, so I guess what we could do is we can go ahead and um, close off this uh, podcast for this uh, event. And with that, we'll be closing this broadcast. You can reach out to the Los Man and Lady Winters on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, when you hear the howl in the night, it may be coming for the Midnight Manor. Keep it frightful, my fiends.